War is on the horizon. The Cylan are coming. If they can't be stopped here, they might not be able to be stopped anywhere. There are a few precious moments of peace to prepare for the coming fight. The wider galaxy has yet to understand the urgency and severity of this threat, and those who do weren't chosen by fate, nor are they the prophesized heroes. They're the ones who were in the right place at the wrong time, and now they may have a chance to forge a future free of conquest. Koto Yoshitada, Whisker Dovetail, Sojourner, SRO Unit NR5E, Pons Narians, and Para the Stranger. One by one, the members of what was formerly known as the Second Hand Crew start making their separate ways. Koto says her goodbyes and steps out into the hall to speak with the enigmatic Mr. Business. Soul paints the town red in the wake of the great battle to celebrate victory and life. Pawns recovers from their great sacrifice while looking down with concern at their desolated city below. Whisker speaks with Narians about their stricken family who now float in individual cloning tubes, while NR5E attempts to extricate his protectee's finances from the grips of a monster, worried his charge may be slowly transforming into one himself. Quietly, Para, child of eternity, slips away into the city looking to experience life before the Cylan come to take it all away. Twizich Jr. and Feather float solemnly in the cloning vat which once housed Pawns himself. Having retrieved a sample of Scriff's genetic makeup from Soul's tarot deck and compared it to that which now Whisker is made up of, Narians has been working to reconstruct a dovetail genetic blueprint. Pawns, you awaken in a confined area, seeing the world through swirling liquid. It's clear that as you slept, you were placed in a cloning tube to assist your healing. It begins to come back to you that Narians has insisted upon this for your own sake. You see Whisker poring over the lab's computer, and nearby, several vials and pieces of lab equipment float around Narians as they perform multiple experiments at once. Now you've had to escape this tube several times back in your day, and it would only take a quick use of your psychokinetic hand to do so now. Pons is waking up, blinking his tiny, tiny, almost not visible eyes. Yeah, he'll, he'll go ahead and use psychokinetic hand. I want to imagine there's some sort of front door and liquid that was supposed to be drained. So as he pushes it open, it just kind of <laughs> out onto the floor. <laughs> they have a hatch on top that like unwinds and opens. Oh, that works. <laughs> but instead you like materialize a door that you open and then just <laughs> yes. everywhere. Yes. That would be better. That's the emergency release. Pawns, not not again. Why? Why? <sighs> why? I'll get them up. <laughs> So disgusting. Just walks out, dripping wet, then dry himself off from the shower. Bond, you know I have to refill that every time you go through the side entrance. Uh, yeah, well, sorry about the mess. And he goes and hangs himself up on basically what's like a coat rack with some blow dryer heat sources on the side. And he goes and dries himself. <laughs> Anyway, Pawns, uh, how are you doing? Uh, how are you feeling this morning? Uh, it's better than I expected. How long was I out for? 37 years. Oh my god! 
Wait, you look the same. Calm down, calm down. I'm only kidding. Closer to 18 or so hours, I would say. Not nearly enough to recover from the choice that you made, but it will have to do for now, I suppose. Yeah, I still feel a little bit run down. I still don't quite understand what happened. Well, I tried to use the chamber over there and faster on as a sort of accelerant. Mm, conduit. To reach out to the citizens here and try to give them some sort of protection. I feel like it worked. Trying to look over outside by one of the windows. How's, this, how's everyone down there? It's not great. The people are not fighting over power, but resources are scarce. So they're still fighting over food and supplies. All of the supply chains in the area have been cut off. Imports are slowing. I imagine they will stop shortly once businesses realize that all of the corporations and contemplatives have left. It's bleak, Ponce. That is very sad to hear. Hopefully there's some sort of plans to get everyone safe. I don't know if this plan is going to last much longer. Uh, yes, from my observations, it seems to be declining at a accelerated rate, but I, I have no doubt we'll be able to um, secure means off the planet when required. You're going to just leave after all that happened? Well, I believe... What about the other people down there? What What's going to happen to them? Well, as, as Pod said, there's likely going to be evacuations, uh, I would imagine. And once that has gotten to a uh, sufficient point, then I believe our departure would be necessary as well. You're talking probably months to evacuate that many people. Perhaps then it would be best to focus on the task at hand as those events begin to determine themselves. You're right. What, what are we working on? I, I see they're in the chamber still. Have we gotten anywhere? Uh, yes. Uh, Whisker has performed admirably in the laboratory thus far, and we have made some strides towards creating a genetic blueprint for the dovetails to uh, uh, bring them back to some semblance of normalcy, removing any uh, lingering tiefling code. I admit, I don't understand it all, but it's very fascinating. Pons gives him like the, the slight nod, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Though if you are feeling up to the task, your assistance in the laboratory, as you had once done in the past, would be likely quite helpful under the circumstance. <laughs> Pons puts his hands together. Uh, actually, is he clothed at the moment? Or what happened while he was in the vat? Did you put on a little robe after getting blow dried? I <laughs> a little embroidered robe with like a pea. <laughs> I imagine he's either free braining right now or uh free he's just... braining? <laughs> Oh my god. Or he's still in his clothes. <laughs> I'm gonna let you decide. <laughs> yeah, uh so he'll be just fully nude throughout this conversation and He'll eventually walk over as uh, he's requested to help assist in the lab again. And there's this set of assistant lab coats and he's going to pull this doctor's outfit that he had underneath his judicial robes. It's a little bit in tatters, but he's going to reach for that one instead and kind of slip his arms through there, adjust it nice and snug. It's like, all right, just just point me, point me in a direction. I just imagine like Ponsonerians go right to work on the lab stuff and Whisker is stuck with the mop like 
I'll just take care of this, I guess. We're just it's like fine. slowly levitating above all the fluid that's spilled on the floor, and you're like, I'm the only one that has to walk in this? Come on. <laughs> yeah, no one else cares. <laughs> it's like it'll drain down the drain yeah. eventually. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little viscous, but... <laughs> Having pawns being in the lead of this role, I'm going to have Narians assist, and I would also like Whisker to assist, and not just with mopping, but like oh, with the computer side of things. So, oh, I can do that. Ooh. Go ahead and roll me medicine, their pawns, and computers, their Whisker. Absolutely. Okay. For pawns, that was a 26. Natural 20 for a 37. Yes. And you get the plus two from Narians as well, Pawn. So what is the grand total of the medicine computer check? It's a total of a 30. And honestly, I don't feel like that's, you know, too high. I feel like we kind of needed to be up there in that. Yes, at this point, 30 is not as incredible as it sounds. Right. Yeah, I mean, 30 on my highest skill is a natural 11. Right. It's middle of the road. Now that you know what to do, why doesn't everyone go ahead and give me two more rolls? Whisker assists again. That's a 33 before any assists. Okay, take that up to a 37. All right. And I assist again. That last one's not as good. That's a 23. Okay, so that also goes up by four. Okay, so 27. All right, so looking at the average of the days, it's hovering right around 30, 31. Generally speaking, decent. Mm -hmm. This is a very difficult thing to literally be going into genetic code and try to manipulate that and then reapply it back into a living creature. So you spend these next several days poring over computers and vials and staring in at the dovetails, checking for progress. And it's on the end of that third day that you begin to see something, a change transpiring on Twizich Jr. You begin to see the red patches of skin that were over Twizich Jr.'s eye flake away and dissolve into the tube as new fur begins to grow from underneath. I think we've got something here. The, the vitals are looking good. I'm seeing uh, physical improvements. Narians looks in the tube. Ah, well spotted. I, 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 th I think you're right. I believe we have made uh, some sort of breakthrough. I believe the genetic anomalies are beginning to, to subside into more stable genetic code. What? But don't don't think we can just rest on our laurels. Pawns, back to work. And it like points at the vials. <laughs> oh yeah, at, 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 on it. After some very much needed rest, Pivey is on the computer trying to extricate his protectee's finances from the grip of the dervish and trying to do research on the cosmonasteries. Narian floats into the laboratory and very subtly goes to address Fivey. <clears throat> ah, Professor Nerians, please debrief me on your analysis of Marotti's condition. Can the transmutative processes implanted by Professor Day be reversed? Uh, so, uh, having uh, had at least a few moments to look over the runes that are uh, scrawled uh, upon Myrani. Uh, we've spoken before that Myrani's 
inherent powers act much as a battery would uh, to charge these runes. I think that at this time, my knowledge, though uh, decently extensive, may not be enough to completely combat what is happening here. But what I can do in this circumstance is I might be able to um, modify them in small ways to slow down the the process. Uh, however, the, the conclusion that I'm coming to more and more as I study it is that uh, these powers only can uh, affect the runes because they uh, because the boy's power is uncontrolled. They've they've never trained it as far as I can imagine. Uh, if, if potentially they were to be able to focus it, they might be able to themselves draw the power away and uh, uh, loop it back, as some, some of you hypothesized. Then my Ronnie will require mystical training of some sort, perhaps a development of new physiological control. Uh, with the information I have, yes, that, that seems uh, feasible, though exerting that sort of control would be difficult. The development of such skills is not within the parameters of my programming, although I have been looking into places of refuge where Myrani might find someone who does possess that knowledge. A frustrating development. Would the treatment for slowing down this process have any known side effects as far as you can determine? Uh, my intent would be to modify these runes in the most minimalistic way possible, so as not to trigger any larger consequences so it would mm -mm. the runes already have side effects that are happening changing them in these minute ways most likely would not be more drastic than what is uh, um, already happening i would deem that an acceptable risk however i would ask that pons be allowed to oversee this process if he has any objections or foresees any difficulties which your own calculations have not projected i would like to be informed they do the mental equivalent of nodding. Uh, yes, well I, I, well, I would not wish to disparage the faculties of my protege. Uh, they are indeed recovering from an event which you yourself witnessed. And uh, but, but if you insist, I have no problem with that. My apologies. I had forgotten that Pons may require more recovery time. In that case, Whisker would prove a more than adequate substitution. Right then, like, the door slides open and a soul steps in. Whiskers a substitute for what? Soul looks worse than they did yesterday. They very clearly went out and hit the town with brass knuckles, mm. and the town hit back. <laughs> Fivey examines Saul head to toe, using his medical data modules as he speaks. We were discussing the possibility of a treatment for Myroni, which may slow down the transmutative process started by Professor Day. I was simply saying that Whisker would be a more than adequate substitute for Pons, since he is incapacitated at present. Do you require some sort of saline injection, or perhaps a vitamin B boost? You do not look well. Those were a lot of very large words. Mm. And they just walk over and drop onto the couch. They're walking a little funny. I'm like, uh, say so that might, yeah, yes, and just hold out an arm. <laughs> Five, he quickly produces two syringes from a, a panel in his, his body chassis, walks over. One is going to remain attached to Sol for a few minutes, and it is a, a nice little saline drip that will get them properly rehydrated. The other is just a quick multivitamin injection. Yeah, this should help. 
I would also recommend that you consume something with some electrolytes in it as soon as possible. Once I can keep it down. So you're, you're f- you've got a solution for my Ronnie? Nerians believes he has a process identified, yes. Unfortunately, it is only going to slow down the inevitable. My Ronnie is going to have to learn how to control his abilities. And I'm afraid that imparting such information to him is outside of my area of expertise. Let's uh, expedite this. Um, and they float over to Sol. This um, won't help with the um, hangover, but it will help with the headache. And they cast Restoration Lesser on you. Oh, that feels so much better. Like, sit up. You can tell you're still drunk. Yes, it won't remove all of the effects of um, voluntary self-poisoning, but it will help. Good, I want those effects. Thank you. All right, so what? They just look at you quizzically. So he needs what kind of training? He needs... Sorry, head's just now coming back together. Uh, well, uh, from from w- what I gather, they have some um, inherent magical traits. Uh, I-, I haven't had time to fully study, but uh, in, in speaking with the young boy, they, they mentioned uh, in this other form in which they can apparently be transformed into, they have some sort of lightning blade thing that they can draw, which... Uh, I've I've heard of similar things before. As have I. It would seem that some sort of body-mind discipline may be required in order for him to control his condition. Hmm. Succinctly put. If only we knew someone who was gifted in that sort of talent. Nope, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, very long pause. So, I know it doesn't seem like it, but I'm actually somewhat versed in that, and they cringe. I know others who are more so. Mm. Narian sees you cringe and thinks it's another headache, so they cast Lesser Restoration again. (laughs) No complaints. It's fine. (laughs) So unfortunately, Fivey, a lot of this mind-body discipline comes with a lot of um, attempts to control the way others think. I think my Ronnie is stable enough. I'm not concerned about them. I think he'll handle it better than I did. Describe to me in greater detail the nature of this organization. You could hear their neck creak as they look up towards you. (laughs) And they look, and they blink, and they look, and then they motion up to the moats. You've heard me talk about the monastery. Clearly, you're clever. Ah, you mean your course monastery that you attended? I wouldn't call it mine, but yes, it's where I attended. Briefly. I have been doing some cursory research on those organizations. They were in my top ten of candidate places for sending the boy. Perhaps you could arrange a tour of some sort. It would put my mind at ease to know that all of his needs will be met. Mm-hmm. You see lots of unhappy shifting. So first off, I'm not sure they'll speak with me. I don't know that I will be the best ambassador, but I can try. I sort of left without really announcing, and I don't know anyone else who's done that. I understand. You need only make the introduction. My diplomatic modules will handle the rest, I believe. There's another long pause and Sol looks down. It would not be the first interview for a private school that I've attended in point of fact. It it will be very hard for me to leave him there. This is a me problem, not a you problem, but just so you're aware. Ah, longing for an absent loved one. I understand the concept. (laughs) That place was the last place I saw my family. It's the place they dumped me when they decided to move on without me. About this time, Whisker comes through the doors. Pons is doing okay, but he needs to rest. I put him in the chambers next to 
Twister Chanfeather. What's the plan with Marani? We were just discussing that matter. Nerians may be able to slow the process, but we're going to need to take him somewhere. Saul believes they have a location in mind, but I gather that no small degree of trauma is associated with it in their mind. You don't have to call it trauma. It's not trauma. You have just explicitly described classic emotional trauma. You're literally it's, out of a psychological textbook. It is not trauma. I am fine. Uh, no, um, I, I think his assessment may actually be fairly uh, accurate. I will stab you. I like him. I will stab you. So where are we taking Marani? Saul has not explained exactly yet. So there are several monasteries, but the one I attended is much smaller and probably doesn't even ping for most people. So it's a better bet than one of the bigger ones. It's also filled with lots of very talented warriors. So he would at least have protection should something happen. So long as he's given the choice, he has to know. The one you attended? Ah, now I see where the trauma comes in. It's not trauma! <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to meeting Ethel and Asha. There's, they're not there, they're out on missions. You don't know do that. We? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, one can hope. One can definitely hope they're not there. No, I wholeheartedly agree with your assessment that Marani should make the choice for himself. If it is not to his liking, I will not force him to attend, but then we will have to find another avenue. It is also of paramount importance to me that any organization that my ward be left with allow him to leave freely if he deems it unsuitable for his needs, after consulting with me as his guardian, of course. I don't think that will be a problem. My issue was more that I was there and part of motions to the moat, and... My guardians were not there to... If you're his guardian, they will let him leave if you request. I have no doubt of that, so you need not worry. Then those minimum parameters seem acceptable to me. I would appreciate it if you could broker a meeting. In your own time, of course. Where is it located? The Cause Monastery of the Wilds, a name exactly as pretentious as all the people who inhabit it. The Wilds, Like a zoo? That does appear to be oxymoronic in nature. Mm, yes, they are all oxymoronic. I thought you were going to say oxymorons. <laughs> it was implied with the tone. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That one came up in my registry. Accessing data. Cosmonastery of Calm Wilds. Location, Castroville system. Oh, Castroville. That's convenient. Maybe I can drop off Twisted and Feather with the Dovetail family while we're there. It would be convenient, as few things are these days. I feel personally slighted by that because it's my job to put problems in your way. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> no. Your fees. Well, um, well, then it seems that's uh, that's more or less figured out. Well, then, should we get down to operating? And then just from nowhere, like a hundred different scalpels just come up and start floating around Narians with like this magical glow. <laughs> I appreciate the alacrity with which you work, Professor Darians, but I will need to have a conversation with my Ronnie before any such operation takes place. Yes. The knives slump a little bit. <laughs> um, yes, I will very well. I'll be around when that time happens. And they just kind of float out of the room. <sighs> that was disturbing. I am beginning to sense where some of Ponza's... Bedside manner? Body language developed from, now that I have observed his progenitor for a bit. Yes. Five, he knows generally what Myrani's daily routine is and that he'll be 
along in the laboratory fairly shortly. So 5e just goes back to what he's doing. And when Myrani does come in, he approaches him and makes sure to have the conversation with an earshot of Saul, knowing that their input may help grease the tracks a bit. Ah, Myrani, it is good that you have stopped in. There is a matter I would like to discuss with you. Myrani looks around a little bit and then looks over at you. You see them rub one of their arms. What is it? An R5e. I have spoken with Professor Nirians. He has identified a procedure which may allow you a greater degree of control over the runes, I believe they are called, which Professor Day implanted in you. Uh, Yes, when he was looking me over, he decided quite loudly to talk about it. Ah, good. Then he has given you disclosure of the basic nature of the procedure. I think it was more that he was having fun and was excitedly talking about it. That does track, Sol says as they come walking over. Looking better, but still, they clearly haven't had that long rest. Nonetheless, I have looked at a preliminary outline of the procedure and deemed it relatively safe, minimally invasive, with few side effects. The potential benefits, I believe, outweigh any possible negative outcomes. However, it is, of course, your decision. Myrani closes all three of his eyes. When I try to sleep, I see the process of what happened when these runes were placed upon me. After that, I don't think that whatever Narians does, I don't think it could compare. So if it can help and it can stop me from becoming whatever it is that the Dervish wants me to be, then by all means. You know, there is another option. 5e looks quizzically at Sol. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody in the lab turns. I know a little something about being a weapon. I am wielded by the universe. You don't have to not be the thing he made you. You can be that for good. Nothing would upset him more. They reach up and they put a hand near one of their mouths where when they had transformed before had split open and there's just the smallest crack beginning to form there now. And how could this ever be something that I could control? That is another matter we have been discussing. I am in the process of identifying several safe havens in which we can leave you, because our paths must part soon. Saul has recommended one such location, the Cosmonastery of the Calm Wilds. They may be able to impart to you techniques you can use to establish a greater degree of control over the transmutative properties of these runes. They will allow you, in short, to master what was done to you, if for no other purpose than to allow you to live a normal life. I do not ask you to be a weapon, my Ronnie. No one can make that choice for another. I simply want as positive and happy an outcome for you as I can ascertain as your guardian of record. No one should make this decision but you. Agreed. And you should spend some time thinking on it, because what you feel now is not the same as what you felt the day we took you into our care. It's not the same you'll feel years from now. It's no small decision, but... And they reach and touch their headband for just a moment. No decision happens without consequence. You can't know them all. They look down at themselves again, and no scars fully heal. They will again hold out their arm and just look down at the marks across their skin and the scars that hide just beneath. And Myrani is clearly drawing a comparison between you two. I don't regret my scars, at least not most of them. I was very bitter for a very long time. I would say I might still be bitter, but that's a whole other conversation. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I wouldn't 
undo them. I don't know that you'll feel the same, but think about what you want for your future, and then try to find the best route to get there. Don't let fate drag you around. Will this place that you're going to leave, that I'm going to be staying, will I be able to learn to conquer the fears that I see when I close my eyes? So first off, you will not be staying there unless you wish to. It's your decision. I can't promise you anything, Myrani. I won't lie to you. You will find challenges there that you will not hear, and you will find answers there that you will not hear, and vice versa. If these people, even though these were not exactly the people who taught me this, but if the teachings of these places can teach me to contain the heat of a star, I'm sure they can help with your fears. I am not well-versed in mind-body meditation or mysticism of any kind, but if Saul is representative of the type of persons that this cosmonastery can turn out, then I do not believe that fear will be a problem for you in the future. Smiles ever so slightly. I suppose it's better than where I've been, so I guess I just have to keep moving. As must we all. They look towards the other part of the lab. All right, let's get this over with. Myrani moves back into the main laboratory and informs Narians that he's ready for whatever procedure Narians has in mind. Narians informs the rest of you. If you wish to assist or view for uh, learning purposes, uh, please join me in the main laboratory. My medical data modules are at your disposal. No one other than us is observing this. This isn't a class. He's a patient, not a subject. Yes, 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 of course. You hear a camera turn off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, then let's begin. Soul's pants move erratically as their tail twitches. <laughs> so they have Myrani lay down on an operating table and they put them under anesthetics. So at this point, I'm going to need some rolls from people. So because of how it's set up, Narians is going to be the lead on this, but you guys are going to go ahead and give as much assistance as you possibly can. So let's have some rolls for that. All right. What are the valid skills? <laughs> At this time, I think the most appropriate ones are going to be medicine and mysticism. Whisker will give a mysticism. So I I can't assist with stealth? (laughs) You sneak up and remove (laughs) some of the scalpels from- Making extra scalpels disappear, yes. Yes, just move it. Things just appear right where they need to be. Where did my big knife go? In our 5e's programmed medical acumen, assists Nerians with a 28 check result. Ooh, very nice. Whiskers mysticism was a 31. Soul does not assist with an eight total, which is a one on the dice. Oh. That's okay. We probably wouldn't have let a drunk person into the operating room anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're happening. <laughs> like, Soul goes to help, drops something, gets picked up by the scruff of the neck <laughs> by 5e and <laughs> escorted out. <laughs> Several hours pass as Narians very slowly and meticulously works on these runes in the most intricate detail, making sure they're not changing it in any way that could cause ill effect. You guys are helping in what ways you can, making sure Myrani is taken care of, double-checking Narian's work. Pacing outside. (laughs) And with the bonuses of a trained literal brain surgeon and your guys assistance that is a grand total of a 39 excellent 
feel like that's good. And the target was 40. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm going to have my Ronnie roll a will save. But because of how well you guys did, it is going to be a drastically lower DC than it otherwise would have been. You see that the process for Myrani, even in unconscious state, is very painful, but it seems they will pull through the other side. Well done, everyone. I helped. As Narians goes to finish up, a psychokinetic hand comes up and wipes the sweat off his brain. Well, uh, I think we have done everything that we can possibly do at this time. Well done, most of you. And we should probably uh, put this boy in a place where they can rest and recover for a time. Uh, I will, of course, be administering what healing I can, but uh, for now, the, the body must uh, fight against these, the, what some might interpret as an infection, these runes. Excellent. His prognosis seems strong. I will prepare a multitude of meals so that once he awakens, he will be well fed for his interview. You are such an adorable parent. Nutrition is important. Every meal is the most important meal. As Myrani begins their recovery and the day wanes, there comes a knock upon the door. Sol doesn't answer right away. They have found a couch and are very happily curled up on it, mostly around the saline. But then when it knocks again, like, ugh. And they remember that like other people are doing important things. So they reluctantly drag themselves up and to the door. Who the hell is knocking at this hour? The door slides open and outside you see Jasper with their arms crossed, leaning against the wall. Oh, so can you come out to play? I've been out to play, but sure. What's up? Step out into the hall, shoulder checking him a little. <laughs> Boy, so I've had a hell of an evening, and they look at you. And it seems you have too. But I have some information because things have been happening fast around the planet. I thought you might want to hear about it. I appreciate you'll keep me in the loop, please. As you know, the templates and the Infernax people up an abandoned planet, and because of that, people being able to get into the upper areas of the tower has been much easier. We found that there are a few labs who have been focusing on deep space readings, monitoring cosmic activity, yada yada. We found that there is uh, information about a cosmic disruption, is the words I'm hearing, that happened a couple months ago, somewhere out in the vast. It's something that apparently has moved from that point in the vast outward across the galaxy universe. I don't know how far it goes, but it seems to have disrupted the balance of planets and solar systems in its path. Coincidentally, this also happens to align with the time in which the drift started playing foul. All that said, because uh, your uh, pawns had asked me about it, I think that might be why Akaton has been getting worse at a rapid rate. Before that, this place was livable, if only just, but now this rock is on its way out, double time. I believe that the second-hand crew or some of the original members of it were caught up in that, involved in that somehow? They just kind of tilt their head to the side. Somehow not surprised. I seem to attract these types, what can I say? Well, there is more. So this information clearly is of 
universal consequence, but it seems that it has been suppressed or filtered, something along those lines. And I'm sure, well, other places have found this out as well. It doesn't seem to be widespread, at least I can find. And I have an idea why. Jasper pulls out a little data chip. In your free time, you may want to go over this, but I'll give you the brief overview. So looks at the chip and tilts their head. It's like, I don't know how to read that. I don't even see a language on it. Right, have the, uh, the Yasoki one do it. Right. Well, don't keep me in suspense. What I found is that information that was found here on this planet, as I said, has been filtered. And it's being sent to, in a large way, a company on Absalom Station. A company, coincidentally, I happen to know the name of. Because a friend of ours, at least, seemed to be a mid-level enforcer there. I believe that the dervish has been working this place for a lot longer than I had expected. They were fleecing all the templates on the planet, taking a cut of the profits, taking as much interesting information as they could find. And then it seems when this event took place, it was the right time to push my pathetic little breathless forward to take over the planet so they could have templates. Not pathetic. You fought very hard. Just didn't know the advantages you had. All that said, while we're on the topic, even though it seems to be small potatoes compared to... And they just gesture to the entire universe. Mm, yes. I do feel bad about not informing you that I had a connection to the Dervish before the revolution started. I was concerned that if I said that, then the strike team that I was putting most of my eggs in the basket of would have a change of heart. Yeah, it would have been better in the end, but what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get at is that... Uh, I'm sorry, so. You were doing what you thought necessary for your people. If I were outraged at you for that, I'd be a hypocrite. I'm glad it worked. I'm asking you again. There is a very real chance he's going to demand more of you, and you need to let us know what it is. And you're going to give us the name he's using, yes? This mid-level whatever? Well, that is the same name that you have already referred to him by. The, the dervish name is quite well known around Absalom, apparently. He's masquerading as a mid-level manager under the name The Dervish. I mean, if your job is to go around break kneecaps, it's not the worst name. <sighs> so tacky. I mean, we can agree on that, but I'll tell you that. If this son of a bitch ever comes calling to me again with any sort of demands, he'll find them at the other end of a gun. Well, just know he won't be coming alone. He doesn't play fair. Oh, I've got a few friends now. So, we'll see what we can do about that. You have a few friends. Do you happen to have a ship that could get us off planet? That actually brings me quite nicely to something I had wished to discuss with you. Mm -hmm. In leaving this planet, any ships that they couldn't take with them, they have enacted sabotage on. We're going to try to repair what ones we can, but they were rather thorough. I had actually come to see if you had any connections that could help with this. I... <laughs> is everyone just itching to join the IDF? Is that what is happening? What is going on in these worlds? I don't... <laughs> oh, let me put it this way. This planet has a now surplus of people 
who need to get off this place. Yes. A weird thing happened in which, for some reason, everyone on the blooming planet seems to be able to protect themselves with, like, this environmental barrier thing. And that's wild. I have no idea what to do about that one. Oh, I can tell you what to do about that one. You should thank pawns. Oh, uh, well, um, I see. Well, I will do so. Good. But what that does is that buys time for people here. But it doesn't mean this place is getting any better off. Anyone who might bring ships here might find themselves with an interesting influx of recruits who say are looking for a new employment. Finn is either going to love me or hate me. All right. Judging by that conversation I overheard, it sounds like both. That's, you're not wrong. All right. Well, I'm going to have to explain to the crew that I lied to them about her, aren't I? We all wear masks, don't we? <laughs> I have no idea. They look at you through a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend, question mark, in the IDF. Those who cannot be soldiers, but who can work, will potentially also have resources there. She's going to need an influx of help to justify sending the ships because everyone is stretched thin. This war has already started. The only thing I would say that would be a selling point is that every war needs soldiers. This is true. By the way, has anyone come to visit you? A certain Yosoki. Okay, say that any Yosokis have come to visit me. Hmm. I've met someone on our trip up the tower. She's very skilled if she decides to value her life. She has my card. If you hear from a, uh, Corrine, she's... She will know who's worth the salt that remains on this planet and can help organize. I've already threatened her, so you just treat her well and pay her what you can. Anything's better than the respect she'd been getting. Did she go up the tower with you? Oh, yes. She's uh, the reason we got up there without a lot more bloodshed. Okay. Question. How did she come down the tower? She had a car. A hover thing. What were the markings on that car? Did you shoot down the help I sent you, Jasper? <laughs> Listen, the Breathless were doing a lot less shooting down than the city guns were. Oh, all right, that might be on us. All right. Um... Us? <laughs> Soul doesn't throw people under the bus, if you haven't noticed. Well, uh, with any luck, this person was able to land and get out of any vehicle that might have found itself under assault of the city guns or ground forces. But I'll keep an eye out. Hmm. I'm actually going to feel rather bad about that. There's one more thing I should speak with you about. Taie. They don't say anything as they look at you. Soul does not meet their eyes. I'm going to do a sense motive real quick. <laughs> Soul, there are... Very few people in this world who know your body language the same way I do. If you've got something to say, say it. I was rather hoping we could steal him from you, but he is one of the reasons we all made it out alive. They nod their head slowly a couple times. I always like to keep that little guy close, because honestly, on a planet like this, that was one of the best people I've ever met. How do you find someone so cheery and optimistic in this kind of place? If I knew, I would have found it myself. No one could have been more dedicated to your cause. His final words were freedom on Architon. Well, his sacrifice and the sacrifice of a great many will be remembered. 
I will see to that. I am so sorry. As the price of freedom, isn't it? And what about you? What's your next steps? Find ways to get people off planet, find out what Pons did and how, and thank him. Everything is fucked as far as our plans were for the Breathless. We were going to try to put people in power here, but there's nothing worth having on this rock. Well, if you can behave yourself in some basic training, might be able to put in a good word with a friend and put you in a position of power. <laughs> uh, so, I think uh, I may not be the uh, ranks and salute type. Do I look like it? But look at me. We're all sacrifice. They just put a hand on their shoulder and shake their head. <laughs> you too will be mourned. I don't think even Van Hockeyon could break me. I'd like to see her try, though. Well, I think I should get back to it, so... Sol will nod, and before he steps away, puts a hand on top of the hand on their shoulder. Hey, Jasper, before you go, growing up the way we did, kind of being on the outside, seeing how other people behave and interact, had a lot of time to think about how I feel and think about things and how it's not how most people do. Home has never really been a place for me. I think you probably feel the same. Home's always been people, so thank you for letting me go home, at least for a while. They take the goggles part off and look at you through their own deeply blue eyes. As sad as I am, you had to come to this planet. I'm glad you did. And whatever comes next, let's just say I owe you at this point, so you can count on me. Let's just say we'll be there for each other, yes? We'll be there. So we'll go in for a hug and squeeze him rather tightly. And then before they step away, we'll tilt their head and whisper. And there are countless pleasures which do not require kissing. And should you need a cheat sheet, just let me know. And then we'll give him a shove. <laughs> he just shakes his head. <laughs> we'll see if I can find the time. <laughs> and they will walk off and they'll do the walking away wave cool guy thing. Soul does the same. <laughs> Neither of you look back so you don't know the other did it. So going their separate ways, Sol, there is even more of a pressure now than ever to speak to Vin about the unfortunate for you potential of joining the IDF. So Sol, you look at the door back to the labs, think about the comfortable couch inside, and with a sigh, turn and start heading towards the communication tower. So as the days progress, you begin to see changes, much like the fur returning to Swizzich Jr. The barbed tail on Feather begins to recede as eventually the points just fall away. And while this is a difficult thing, literally science of the highest degree, it somehow feels like a nice reprieve from all the dangers and horrors that have been happening. And to know that you're getting progress towards this simple goal of trying to heal these two Yasokis seems to almost give you a healing sensation as well. Vitals are looking good. I don't think there's much else for us to do except wait for them to recover naturally. <sighs> it feels good to be back in the lab. It's a lot like my old workshop. Thank you, Pons, for doing this. I know that I've put everyone through a lot, and it means a lot to me that you and the others have stuck around. I know I haven't always stuck around the people that I should have. Well, comings and goings do just seem to be 
part of life. I'm, I'm glad to have been part of so many reunions and for the assistance that you all gave me on reconnecting with Narians as well. Of course, we're going to do everything we could for your family, Whisker. I, I think what's most important is that at this point, we just make sure everyone finds somewhere safe. We wait for physics and feather to wake up, but I'm sure we can't be staying on this planet much longer. You're probably right. It feels like almost like we lost. I wonder if Jasper has any other ideas. Maybe he can find a way to help the people stay. I know some people will not be happy to leave. This is their home. And where would they go? We'll have to figure out someone that can take them in temporarily. I, I'd really like to to help with any evacuation methods I can. I feel like getting your family, though, to evacuate should be your first priority, though. I absolutely will be getting them somewhere safe. But I don't know how much time we're going to have. If you want to do something here to help these people, you best do it soon. Because we are going to be needed elsewhere if we are going to have the biggest impact on this galaxy. I'll, I'll try to hurry up everything else that we can accomplish in this lab while still here. I feel like this is probably one of the best uses of my time. But I, I do want to ensure that everyone I reached out to is, is safe as well. I understand that. I wonder, how does it feel to connect with your original, knowing that you're probably not going to stay very long with them, given what we have left to do? Yeah, Pons kind of assesses again as it really has only been a, a short while, and it's still on the forefront of his mind. Everything that Nurians went through, everything Nurians did the manipulation of from from the dervish but then also just you know the actual consequence that this planet felt some from potentially unavoidable causes and other things that might have gone differently if different choices were made well i think it was it was good after this time and how much i've learned to see why was i created to see the good and those that that helped me get where i am now but I think like, moving forwards, I, I want to be more reliant on the second hand and, and not on the past. The former second hand. Whisker sheds an invisible tear for the destroyed ship. Oh, well, well, you guys. So some of this past needs to be left behind and maybe not forgotten, but... Pons, he's kind of dodging around the fact that maybe he doesn't really want to communicate with Narians again, and he's unsure at the moment what his relationship going onwards will be. Uh, you know, I am I am very happy to have accomplished my mission and fulfilled my promises, but I need to find something new now. And if for right now that's helping this planet and helping you all, then that's what I'm going to focus on. You've grown a lot since I met you first. Oh, well, I'm about the same height, but yeah. And in some ways, you've stayed the same. So you call out to Vin Harkion once again. When they speak, you can hear in their voice this deep tiredness. Hello, Saul. It's good to hear from you again. What can I do for you now? Well, I've come with an offer and a request for help. Winces as they wait. Maybe it's the sound filtering, but you can feel there's a sigh even if you don't hear it. <sighs> yes, I'm listening. So, what you warned us about on Akaton is um, 
worse than any of us could have anticipated. We need to get a lot of people off this planet very, very quickly. As you know, Soul, because you were the one who gave me the information that has led me to being in charge of the coming war, our forces are stretched thin. I am very aware. However, we've got a planet full of people who have survived, honestly, some of the harshest conditions I've ever seen. Actually, the upper crust has all basically fled the planet. People need work. These people can fight, survive. How would you feel about a nice influx of new recruits? Mm. Soul lets that dangle for a moment, and it's very clear that there's no reply coming, or at least not a reply they like. They cringe. There's also been some discussion that perhaps some of the crew of the former second hand, our ship is gone by the way, we need a new ship and might have some more experienced people coming, willing to join up. Perhaps I could... We really need your help, and I want to be able to help. I would only come on contract. Only on contract. I'm not signing anything incredibly long-term, in case we somehow survive this. Uh, so, let me stop you for a moment. If this is something you are serious about, such a large-scale request might be easier done from someone in the ranks. I'll grant you that. But I do not feel overly comfortable speaking about very sensitive matters over a line which I am not sure is entirely secure based on the warning that you had given me before. I will say, just in case there is anyone listening, because of the warning that was given to us, we apprehended a group of saboteurs on a translation station above Castrovel, a place that the Sun Siren was going to land upon. Should they have succeeded in overloading the reactors, there might have been a catastrophe that was fortunately averted, and I am in your debt for that. Glad uh, some of that could have been of use. Where do we meet? Where do we talk? I will send a ship to retrieve you, Soul, and bring you to Castravel, where we can talk more freely. See you soon then, darling. I hope you're well rested. And the line cuts. <laughs> Several days pass before a ship comes to alight upon the same landing pad outside the control room that the second hand once sat upon. Readings say that the ship is called the Skydark Vigilance and registered at Averses, gathering up the two now on the mend Yusoki's whisker in R5E, Soul, and Myrani head to meet this ship. As you get there, one of the crew members of this ship walks out to meet you. In front of you is a lean but clearly heavily muscled android with the IDF markings. They look down at the data pad on their wrist and then up at all of you. Well, it seems that you will be the crew that I'll be taking. Am I right? I wouldn't say crew. I'd more say passengers. Well then, let's get a move on, shall we? They lower down the hatch for you to load in the Yusoki as you all climb aboard yourself. You find that there are a few other crew members on board maintaining the ship and helping to navigate it as you lift off from this planet, which you've spent only a week on, but so much has happened. Translation to your destination seems like it's going to take a few days. And during that time, Twizich and Feather begin to stir. And Whisker, you are there 
as they do. Wizard Jr., the second eldest of the Dovetail Clan, is the first to awaken after the long slumber they were put in by the Dervish. Their eyes begin to flit as they look around at the blinding fluorescent lights in the cabin. Monel, take it easy. You've been through a lot. How are you feeling? They try to sit up, but have trouble doing so, so their head falls back onto the pillow. Where am I? You're on an IDF ship on the way to Castrovel to meet uh, your siblings. You've been through a great ordeal. How do you feel? I feel awful. Has something happened to my family? Well, yes. How much do you remember? Leaving for work. I... And it's clear that as they try to remember something, they seem to be in pain. You've been through a lot. It might be best for you to rest a little bit longer, but know that everyone is okay and you're safe. Feather is here too. They manage to tilt their head just enough to look over, and you see their eyes open wider, and they very weakly reach up and grab at your clothes. They're, they're safe. You know this, yeah, yes? They're recovering, like you. You have several scars, but you're going to be okay. And they lean back into the bed, and they're just trying to comprehend what could possibly have happened, trying to remember. And then as they look up at you, you see just tears of confusion and fear well up at the corners of their eyes. Seeing how much pain he's still in does not want to add to it. And so is holding back on letting him know of anything that is wrong and just trying to give him reassurances, but mostly just going to try and give him as much rest as they're willing to take. Over the course of this flight, Feather also comes around and has a very similar reaction, confusion, fear. Don't worry, you're going to see your family again. It will only be a few days and you will all be together. So when you mention that they're going to be seeing their family again soon, their eyes light up a little bit and they say, I'm going to see Tab and Glitch and Tank and Scriff and Dust and Click and they just start listing off all of the members of the family. Uh, yes, that's right. And you see she looks genuinely happy and relieved. She doesn't really comprehend what's happening right now, but the fact that they are going to see the rest of the family is giving them strength. It, it like brings just this little bit of peace to Whisker to know that Feather is still capable of this positive attitude that they remember from Scripps' memories. Yes, but you should rest so that you'll be able to have some energy when you see them. Can you do that for me? They look over at their oldest brother, look back at you, give a little nod, and then very weakly, they go over and climb into the bed next to Twizich Jr. I'll go get a bigger blanket. So we return home to the laboratory at the top of the tower at the end of a hard day helping the people of Akaton trying to facilitate their departure from this planet. As you attempt to relax yourself from the difficulties and weariness of the day, a presence seems to more start existing in the same space as you rather than walking in. 
Ponsnarians, I believe it's time that we spoke. You spin around and Mr. Business is just standing there casually waiting for you. Oh, I thought my telepathy had come back. Uh, yes, what, what do you need? I believe it's a matter of what this universe needs and your place in that. But the matter of which we need to speak is a particular tiefling whom, as I'm sure you well know, is moving towards a dangerous position within the Cylan. Well, I don't believe that we can stop the execution of this ascension. Perhaps we can weaken the reality of said power. We weaken it. How? You see, I have searched out the location of the original dervish body in many universes with varying levels of success. I am banking on you, Ponsnarians of this universe, to perhaps have clues to its location here. How, how would I know anything about the original location? I, I have a visual of what they looked like, but it's been years. Could be anywhere. It has been my role to find and follow the minute breadcrumbs that have been left behind. Any information you have could be the most important thing. He mentioned a certain article speaking of the dervish before he was called that and some ancient lost ruins on a, a planet in the vast supposedly some sort of disease wiped out this expedition that the dervish was on and he was the only one to survive it seems these ruins had led him to the knowledge allowing him to do what he's capable of now, but I, I don't have any sort of clue where it might be located. I feel like Marion's gave me the information that he could, but he wasn't 100% there. I wonder, I wonder if there's more. Mr. Business nods slowly. Perhaps finding this article in question would be a good first step. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't destroyed. There's no lab assistants around or anything, is there? You are now the lab assistant. No, <laughs> demoted again. I, I'm not sure they would even be in this lab. Uh, let me, let me check the computers. And Pons goes over to the nearest computer with access to the general database of research documents for this lab and starts searching terms, uh, Dr. Day, uh, ruins, anything that is not just going to trigger a million results. You take some time to start looking with the computer. And fortunately, you're fairly familiar with this one, unlike most computers. So yeah. it's not as much of an obstacle as it might otherwise be. And the more you search, the more it seems that it's not just not finding what you're looking for. There seems to be almost a gap of that type of information mm -hmm. as if it's been removed more than lost. Yeah. Pons is probably less wiser, but I, yeah, I assumed that would be the case. Is there any way, any way to retrieve those documents or potentially any backups that Pons would know about that might still contain trace 
remnants of that data. Otherwise, I'm going to start emptying all the filing cabinets. Mr. Business comes over to the computer, pulls up the infosphere, and starts trying to look around for similar data on there, having just about as much luck as you did. And while he's doing that, it does cross your mind that because Narians is always focused on the past, they like to have physical copies of things. They love having old tomes right. and you know things of that nature. So it would not be out of the realm of possibility that Narians would want a duplicate of an interesting and important article like this. I've always wanted to do this since like episodes and episodes ago. I want to do an investigation check. Is there any secret compartments or anything in this lab? <laughs> I want to know really badly. Okay, then why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check as you look around this room for secrets. That was the worst role I have ever done for perception. That was a 20. Wow. Do we have any popsicles in our inventories? <laughs> yeah, I think I do have a popsicle. Ooh, will you use it to find Narian secrets? Yeah, Pons will go up to the fridge, buy the popsicle, and then after he's refueled, he will once again try to search for secrets. Mr. Business is just watching you like throw stuff over and then go to the fridge, pull out a popsicle, munch down on that, and then go back to throwing things. Much better this time. That's with the 36. Ooh, all right. So you look around the laboratory, which you are very familiar with, trying to overturn anything that Narians may have hidden here. And it's not till you get to the large space telescope that's sitting on one side of this laboratory that you find something out of place. Within this high-powered telescope, there is lots of machinery to give it the best amplification possible to look up at the stars. But you notice that one of the panels has been replaced slightly wrong. And when you move the panel out of the way, you see that hidden in a small plastic bag tucked down in there is a piece of paper. Okay, very gingerly. We'll take it out with psychokinetic hand, unfold it. As you open it up, it seems to be a printed out article. And on top of it, it says, archeological discoveries at the cost of tragedy. It speaks of a small planet, which was found far out in the vast orbiting a single star. It had been incidentally scanned by a scout ship and found to have ruins of unknown origins. A team was conceived by the Starfinder organization to search out this planet, explore the ruins, and the landing crew met with disaster. According to the article, a disease ran rampant through the team and only one Professor Day was able to stave off death with the applications of magics. He reportedly brought back incredible findings of ancient species over 12,000 years old. The article itself doesn't go directly into what the findings are, but is purported to be an archaeological discovery of such proportion as to rival the greatest finds in Starfinder history. But despite what the article says, this seems to have completely gone unnoticed or, in the case of your searches, completely expunged from the infosphere. The one thing that it does note that is new information to Pons is it has a star system designation. Oh, okay. Could I look at it with this telescope? 
So this telescope is likely going to be for viewing surrounding solar systems, but you could, if you aligned it to the correct direction, at least see the sun in that system, most likely. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I at least make sure that the system's still where it supposedly was. With the telescope, you adjusted the correct coordinates and you do, in fact, find a star. Mr. Business, you can't, like, teleport yourself across the galaxy, right? Just between universes? They look at you with a passive expression, reach up, adjust their tie slightly. It depends upon the needs required. Okay, so I was going to say, if you could only go between the universes, that seems kind of less useful, I suppose. I think I have some more data. I, I still don't know if his original would be here, but potentially clues as to how he is being able to jump across bodies. There might be a lot more knowledge here than just that, too. And I do hand it over to him. I scan over the article before looking back up at you. I knew, Pons, that you would be the correct person to speak with. I believe with this information we can make a determinative plan of action. Yeah, that's actually... I gotta get this information to the rest of the crew. That might be a big priority for us to gather more clues. I'm trying to see if he will make me avoid telling the rest of the crew right now because he wants to go do something himself or if uh, he is okay with us looking into this further. I still don't trust him. That's fully fair. It is perhaps unfortunate that this information was discovered after the rest of the former, the second-hand crew already departed from this place. However, perhaps you and I and Dr. Nerings can find as much information as possible. Yeah, should I wake him? I can see if he's up and about. I'm, at this point, kind of disappointed that he still hid this from us. Maybe he was concerned? I don't know. Your suspicions are not uh, unfounded. Several Narians I have met have been less than cooperative. That said, there is also the possibility that the underlying damages to his mind are not healed. I guess we just have to ask him. And Pons will venture over to Narian's quarters and tell Mr. Business, you can wait over there and kind of go and poke Narian's a couple times. Hey, Dad. Dad. You just poke <laughs> through the glass with your psychokinetic hand, like, boy, boy. And they respond to you telekinetically. Pawns. Yes. What is it? What's the emergency? What do I have to do research on now? I mean, yes, Pawns. Actually, there's just someone here to speak with you, Narians, if you could. Very well. The large tube that they're in, the top, <laughs> lifts up again as they slowly and majestically come up out of the tube. Mm, yes. And they float down to the same level that you're on, Pons. And what can I help with? Some business. Ah, uh, yes, I sense Mr. Business has once again graced us with his uh, presence. And they head out into the main room. Looking around at the lab, uh, someone someone robbed us. Uh, anyway, in the rummage, we found... Wait, what? And they look around. What happened? The laboratory has been trifled with pawns. Why didn't you stop it? Oh, I did. I just slept through a lot of it. Um, what? Anyway... 
What do you mean any? What? What, what do you mean anyway? We, we found. Uh, I did it. Yeah, I. I was looking for something. I was hoping not to have to wake you. I'll clean it up in a little bit. If we could proceed to the matter at hand, that would be most appropriate. Yeah, thank, thank you. Anyway, we found this. And Mr. Business holds up the article. And there's this blank expression for a few moments before something seems to click in their mind. Uh, oh, oh, the article about Professor Day. How did you... F and they look over at the telescope. Right. Uh, I looked everywhere. So I see. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, was there something that you needed uh, to, to ask about this? Well, are you aware of why it was deleted from the infosphere and any databases that we have access to? Uh, uh, has, has it been? <laughs> they seem to think back. Uh, I... I uh, I thought... I, I had some suspicion that something that nature might happen... I, I don't seem to recall at the moment why, uh, but I, I made a, a backup because it was very uh, interesting information. <clears throat> but yes, uh, yes, I do remember that it uh, was a, some concern of mine. The ruins mentioned in this article, you spoke of the dervish using some of the knowledge here for dark magic, it, it seems like. Do you recall any more data, any other pieces of information that you might have still on hand? It seems to come back to them that they had essentially explained everything, not only about this article, but Professor Day and all of that in a transmission to you. And their eyes widen and then they come back to control themselves. Ah, uh, yes, well. You get this telepathic sensation that there is some small amount of shame in their speech. Well, I guess since I can possibly be of some help in this situation. Yes, when I brought Professor Day to Akaton, we, we discussed many things which uh, inevitably led to further research. Uh, a few points do stick out. Uh, the dark magic parts were largely Professor Day's influence. They were uh, very proficient in it. <laughs> I believe I, I had possibly heard of Professor Day uh, from the Starfinder Society before, or perhaps I had spoken to some colleagues that had, but my, my understanding is that after visiting this planet, their, their disposition uh, drastically uh, changed. Uh, that 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 uh, I, uh, it seemed obvious to me at the time that going through such a traumatic experience, such as watching everyone around you die, would do that to a person. But it it, it, it struck me oddly the more we spoke. Um, as, as far as the the, the architecture, it was so fascinating. Uh, uh, a species we had not come in contact with. It, there was there was no written language, unfortunately, but. Many artifacts were found there of significance to Xeno-archaeologists. I don't think I've taught you much on that, Pons, have I? xeno No, I don't think so. There's no written language? Uh, Professor Day's uh, information that he passed along to me did not uh, indicate as such, no. This disease that wiped out the expedition crew, was there any details about it? Now that, now that you mention that, I had I had asked 
but they they seem to brush it off. Uh, per- perhaps it was uh, a too painful a memory, but they were determined more to focus on the uh, archaeological findings and then the furthering that the, the research into uh, creating a new body. Well, we were planning on visiting this planet to look for more clues. Not not immediately. Did you have any concerns or any extra thoughts for us? Uh, yes, quite concerned that if you were to land on the planet, you would be infected by a disease and then my clone would then find themselves deceased. Yes, I have some reservations on that. Yeah, of course, I, I think our magic is stronger than Dr. Days was at that time. At least I'd hope we, we can find tools with our party's knowledge to avoid such a thing. I'm just worried if the inhabitants of, if there's still inhabitants of this planet and what they might be up to at this point. I've at periods in my time fantasized about going to this planet myself. I think those days are uh, past me, unfortunately. But Pons, uh, having come to understand what the, uh, as, as you've referred to him, the, the dervish is and what he does, I am concerned that the connection that may be there is one of lethal consequence should you go there and in addition to whatever diseases may or may not exist there. Yeah, uh, that's as part of our concern. We're not really sure what we're even looking for, but if we're getting closer to the dervish's source of power, then I'm sure things are going to get riskier. I'll, I'll let you know when we talk to the rest of the crew what, what our decisions are. Mr. Business, were you going to accompany us on this? I, I think our crew could handle it. Yes, I believe the execution of this task would be better suited to those with more combat acumen. But I will assist in understanding the situation further until such a point. Okay, well... I think I'm gonna go back to bed. Yes, uh, Pons, if if this expedition to an unknown planet in the vast is on the agenda, I expect that you will get as much bed rest as possible so that when you depart, you are fighting fit and ready for the field as much as can be helped at this time. Well, I, I think I'm getting there slowly, but the system sure still took a shock from well, the little experiment over there gesturing to the machine. And Narians relays this part telepathically directly to you. Uh, Pawns, I've had tragic uh, losses in the past, and after what has transpired here and uh, your expeditions before this, I don't want to see you fall into a unfortunate fate. And probably this is as close as you have ever seen Pawns to Narians trying to express some sort of familial emotion. Mm. And they're stuttering over their words quite a bit, trying to express it. Well, I appreciate the concern. I, uh, for the galaxy, for, uh, it's, this is something I, I have to do though. No one, no one else is up to the task, so it's, it's something that we were a part of that we even helped in, and I want to see it through. I think I understand what you mean, and I... Well, you, you are a 
satisfactory clone in all regards, and I I look forward to you coming into your own as a scientist and uh, explorer. It's, uh, so, well well done. Well done, Pons. I, I suppose a smile, if Pons could have a smile. And just kind of sits there and nods, and he'll come over and equivalent of a shoulder pat for contemplatives. <laughs> as he said, okay, well, get some more rest. I'm going to do the same. Yes. I'm sure things will look brighter uh, tomorrow. And they head off to the tube as the enigmatic Mr. Business stares on passively and you return to getting much needed rest. As we're traveling around, Sol's restlessly wandering the ship and eventually finds Myrani sitting somewhere and will wordlessly sit down next to him. Myrani is just looking out the window into space. It's clear they notice you come up, but they're lost in thought. So we'll leave him to his thoughts, look out the window as well. Then after pretty long silence, we'll give him a slight nudge. Myrani, what do you like? It takes them a moment to snap out of whatever thought process they were in, then another to register that you had asked a question. I haven't thought of things I like for a long time. I remember back when I was with the Kurdans and 5e was there that there were things I liked, but those fell away. You've changed a lot since then too. You know, Star's willing. You're going to be free of the dervish and his influence and his chasing you sooner rather than later. You should start thinking about what you enjoy, what you want to do with your future once you're free of his influence. It's a future that I have a lot of trouble imagining. Don't be afraid to dream big, you know. Even broad strokes can help you figure out exactly where you want to be. You're very strong and very clever, and I very much would like to see the day when no one has to comment about that with you, and they can instead comment on how brilliant a painter you are, or how creative you are with words, or how good you are at running a criminal empire. I don't know what you want to do, Myroni, but whatever it is you want to do, you've got those of us here to help you. Myroni fully turns and stares at you quietly for a long moment when you say criminal empire. What? I know you've got the skills. <laughs> and they just turn back. Think that I won't be able to really even be able to imagine what I might do with myself while the dervish still remains. I think until that time, I can't let myself think of quieter, nicer things. I think until that's done, and I look up towards the window again, I have to think about how I can control the monster I'm becoming. Myroni. And they're going to grab his arm a little harder than they probably intend. Listen to me and listen to me closely, dear heart. You are not a monster. I have known them. I have fought them. I've remembers who they're talking to. I've befriended a few. The real monsters that are out there are people like the dervish. People who take. People who control. People who abuse for no reason other than they get a sick satisfaction out of it. Is that you? Is that a thing you enjoy? It's not a thing I enjoy, but it's a thing that I have come to understand. And is it a thing that you understand and you intend to pursue? I'm not talking about survival. Talking about you, free of influence. Is that a thing you would do? They're silent probably for a little longer than they should be. 
I don't want pain anymore, but I, there are those who I would inflict it on. I've inflicted a lot of pain on a lot of people who very much deserved it. Does that make me a monster in your eyes? I don't see you as that, but the truth is I don't know anymore. That is fair. Well, then let me say this. First proper conversation we had, I tried to offer you forgiveness, and you refused it. You said forgiveness couldn't be given with words. You were right, you know. No one, ordained, God-touched, or otherwise, can give forgiveness. Forgiveness and absolution comes through action and belief. Tell me, my Ronnie, everyone here, all the time you've spent with us, do we believe that you're a monster, that you've done terrible things that are unforgivable? Things that you believe me capable of and the things that I have done are... So are we fools? Are we incapable of judging dangers of others? Are 5e's calculations constantly off? 5e is the most mathematically correct individual I've ever met. So hear me now, my Ronnie. Even if you don't believe it yourself, believe us. This place we're taking you, it's going to require you to do a lot of meditation and facing your inner demons. They're right about more things than I would like to admit, but they're wrong about others. You don't have to buy into any of their spiritual systems if you don't want to. But word of advice, don't be like me. You can object to some of their teachings without making enemies of every single person on that God's forsaken rock. If your words and Narian's rantings are any indication, I'm going to have to look inward. So I will try to keep in mind what you said. Looking inward is utterly terrible. The body is an incredible thing, you know. If you give it time, nourishment, and ideally a bit of rest, it will recover from most anything. Same isn't true of hearts and souls. Those require you to stop and work. Myrani looks down at the hand in which that electric blade comes from, and they rub it with their thumb. One way or another, I'm going to find out what I can do. We all will. And Myrani... I just wanted to tell you before we part ways, being allowed to be part of your journey, being part of this effort to try and lead you to a happier or at least gentler future than I built for myself. It has been one of the greatest kindnesses anyone has shown me. Meeting you has perhaps allowed me to look back and pour a bit of gold over the cracks in my own soul. So thank you. You see, when you say that, they tremble with emotions that they either aren't used to experiencing or trying for some reason to not show outwardly. But slowly, they take their hand, they reach over, and grab yours. Zul gives his a squeeze, and will do their best to read the room and sit with him as long as he wants company, and when he seems to need to be alone, they will get up and wander away. And the two of you hold hands for quite some time. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song Triangles by Diamond Ace. 
find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins. And we are attempting to bolster what assets we have to face the on. Yes, one moment. I have another call. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know why that app does that when my phone is silenced. <laughs> Was that feather or twizzage? They make a high-pitched screeching noise as they awaken from this traumatic experience. <laughs> <laughs>